Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 25. Did Wokeness Break Dungeons and Dragons? This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. It is 5 o'clock on Eastern Time. That means that the two of us are off the clock and we're allowed to start imbibing, which uh, we are excited about. Um, oh, I wonder if our chat's not going to show up here because, of course, there has to be some technical issue. Um, so let's see. Oh, nope, chat is working. It just must have just missed it coming through. Um, phew. Uh, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. I am one of two hosts here at Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. And with me is the amazing... Graybeard of Graybeard Tavern. Welcome aboard. Now, normally, we, we in the past, we've been kicking off our streams and our podcasts by going through a, a week recap. And I had the thought last week about Wednesday-ish that mm. maybe we should start just diving in on the news. Mm. If there is mm. news... And then dive yeah. into our topic. And then we can wrap up on what we've been doing in the D&D world. Um, okay. So again, get down to the nitty And then I thought, well, there's no way anything news-related is going to happen that's going to show up on our radar in the next 48 hours so we can prep a stream around it. So that's, there won't usually be a news segment. Right. And then Gygax the Lesser spoke up. And uh, for our purposes, I think that's how I will be referring to them throughout today's show. Um, Very Game of Thrones. Yes. Well, um. you know, in, in, in again, in Barovia. Oh, no. Did we freeze? Are we frozen? You froze. Come no. on back, Greybeard. Come on did, back. I am Vogue. There. Come on back. Let me check. Come on back. I got your audio, though. Oh, we did? Okay, Okay, good. you're back. Woo. As I was saying, in Barovia, we have you know, the Burgomaster, mm. um, Kolyan uh, Andronovich, and then we have his son, Ismar the Lesser. Right. Or Ismar okay. the Lesser, which is like a nice jab at the fact that he's not as good as his dad. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> but, 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 but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there is so much going on over the last week with the um, various interviews tied to the relaunch of yet another company called TSR. Yes. And efforts by that organ. And the thing, to, to be fair, when you start on any, any media venture, you need to get the word out that you're doing it. You need people right. to find your product. So in, in that sense, I don't blame anybody for saying, let's get some interviews in and let everybody know what we're up to. Yeah. Which, go ahead. I, I almost, and it's funny that you said that about the news and stuff, because I almost, because I caught it, I caught a snippet day last Tuesday, like when it hit, uh, when, when, I mean, the announcement came out that that they they were back and yeah you know uh, Ern, uh, Ernie was going to be there and whatnot the lesser um uh and it, it I was going to say something but it wasn't on subject or wasn't a thing and then it was like the next day or two days later someone like kind of poked me in the ribs and was like 
hey, you know, did you see this interview and, and stuff? So it really it really was very, very super topical because uh, I'm going to say I was cranked and, 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 and jazzed when I saw the first thing come out about TSR coming back because I thought Star Frontiers, Top Secret, uh, Gamma World, Boot Hill... All the old games that 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 Wizards has you know kept back here behind the curtain, as it were, for you know decades now. That they might be willing so. to sell the licenses to and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to develop these because we don't think they're they're worth Hasbro level money, mm-hmm. but we'll license it to you. Um, which yeah, definitely that would be be neat to see. Um, as a, a amateur legal scholar, I was excited to watch the lawsuits unfold. <laughs> as they tried to, to reuse the names again because you know <laughs> it, it's 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 not easy to get in there and start doing that kind of thing and then came the the statements the part that really made me say we should we should spend some time as as two elder gamers talking seriously about what has changed um culturally in the yeah. D rule books um, and whether or not we're on board with what seems to be part of their campaign pitch, which is yeah. we're going to take D&D back to the days before it got. And then, I know the word gets thrown around a lot. And I feel bad about the, the term woke because I feel like it's I don't think it's a bad word to refer to. And I, I looked it up. I looked it up. Mm. According mm-hmm. to Wikipedia refers to the awareness of issues that concern social justice and racial justice. Mm hmm. Um, and to, unfortunately has now been u- ironic usage and criticism to the point where for some progressive political activists is now considered an offensive term used to denigrate those campaigning against racism, sexism, and other forms of discrimination. It's, it's the old trick of, I don't like it when you call me that. So I'm going to turn it around and call you it to make mm. it something bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, I don't know. I think there's a conversation. Are the cultural changes ones that have made the game worse or better? Oh, hmm. I think okay. That's what it comes. I mean, I think ultimately that's what it comes down. That's their pitches. D and D was better before it got woke. And yeah. I think that's to, from where I'm seeing. That's the question I'd like to go after. Is it right? I, I, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it was better uh, before it was spoke. The you know the implications of so to go from the nostalgia bit. I was cranked. Yeah, I thought that's great. They have it. It feels like they took that nostalgia bit and and made it the hill they want to die on. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, nope, that's it. Nope, it's for old white guys, and that's where we're. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand here, and and it it just felt bad. I mean, I I actually played games with with Ernie and Luke Ooh. at their father's funeral. I made I, me and Luke. Luke was doing so great in the uh, the like condolences line. He was doing awesome. I got there. I shook his hand. Bleh, we both started crying. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just rough. They, you know, I mean, that's twenty-five years ago now. 
something like that. Um, and it just, you know, it, it feels like, cause they're opening the, the, the old office, they're opening it up as, as a museum. And, and I think those are good things, you know, you know, you want to make a pilgrimage, you want to do whatever. I, I felt the road trip was worth it to go to Gary's funeral. There is a lot I mean, we 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 owe role play games to Gary, you know. We they just wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, or it might have been the mid '90s before it really took off or whatever. Um, so, and I think that I think that improving and making things more acceptable is 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 the way to promote a game, not put your shields up, you know, shields up, phasers on full, you know, that, that is not the way you get gamers. I, uh, real quick, uh, I will, I'm going to tell a story. We went to, I used to go to a, a, a war game convention every year, went every year. And <laughs> these guys, these older war gamers were so harsh, brusque, and brutal that like young kids they did not want a younger generation playing in their games and i mean they would go out of their way to be like rude to these kids like one kid took his squad of little guys and put them all in the half tracks and this guy came over like a drill sergeant and was like what in the hell are you doing those are blah 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 dan works hard on painting those miniatures you're gonna do and i went whoa 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 it's cool they're they're good whips i you know and i helped the kid take them all out of the thing and the kid's looking like i'm signed up for this for the next three hours to be abused by this man you know uh -huh. that is not exclusivity is not a promotion of the hobby <laughs> Well, I'm into that. Well, and it, it, it loops a bit. Hey, Crimson, welcome aboard. A little bit, um, a tweet I put out, and I think this also feeds into that, um, where I commented that when, when, when I was a kid, I was, I was ostracized by my peers. I knew what it was like um, by virtue of my interest to be constantly pushed around, beat up, abused. Um, and for me, the gaming table, the friends I made at the D&D table were my safe space. And I was very fortunate that I had that. Um, I also know that in the 80s and 90s, this was not true for a lot of girls. It was not necessarily true for people of color. It was not necessarily true for people who were gay. Um, yep. And that, that's something that we've, we've worked on as a society and as a gaming community to be more aware of. So from the gatekeeping point of view, I think it's, it's easy to dismiss old white guys like us who say, well, you know, D&D &D was my safe space and go, well, you know, not everyone else had the safe space. And it's true. Not everybody did. Um, I also have, have been told that there's not a lot of value in chasing who had it worse. Everyone, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's pain is their own pain. Um, that being said, we definitely could have done a better job back in the 80s and 90s than we did. And we, I definitely know that I'm trying more and more to be more inclusive in my gaming. Um, both in people I meet to play with in person and the people I, I seek out to play online with. Um, and those are all things we can do at the table. What struck me though, too, is the, the role that the game rules have had, because at the end of the day, Dungeons and Dragons, 
as a community is decided by the community. We mm-hmm. decide who we bring in. Exactly. The, uh, the oppression Olympics. Nobody wins at that. There are no gold medals. Um, well played. Uh, but the, I think part of what the TSR people wanted to get out there was we're going to take the rule set back to the old days as well. We're going to address all those changes to D&D that, that you don't like because they're woke changes and we need to fix them and put yeah. them back. And I think I kind of wanted I want to talk about those changes and whether or not they hurt the game any. Right. And really, and in some ways, maybe talk to the other guys our age who are like, well, I don't like playing D&D anymore because it's not second edition. Now we got all these other things to worry about and say, well, do you? <laughs> like, do you really have that much more to worry about? And if you do have to worry about it, is it bad that you're worrying about it? And what are you doing at your game table to worry about it? Right. Right. How is it? How is it oppressing or pushing down your game or or uh, how is is it is it the game or is it your bad habits that you want to be able to do at your game? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Well, the one of the biggest changes that I saw first in this, and I, I guess I would call this the beginning of the the era was when they re-released the digital version of Curse of Strahd 5th Edition mm. with the revisions to the Vistani backgrounds, mm-hmm. the Vistani people. And they came in and said, "We've in future publications of Curse of Strahd, this is what you'll find. Mm. Um, and then the digital's already been changed. Yeah. So you don't need to do anything. The digital versions are all updated with the new language. Don't sweat. And there was a lot of like, Oh, you changed my digital online files, which I, on the one hand, I kind of understand on principle. Mm. I bought a digital product. You have changed the digital product. You should not do that. Oh, okay. uh, on principle. I see that. I see you that. You should okay. not be changing digital products I've already bought. However, mm. thus ends the conversation about principle. <laughs> because. <laughs> The big changes were dealing with the Vistani as a an analog to the Roma people mm. who have been traditionally maligned because they don't uh, follow the traditions of most Western culture of find a place, build a house, live there. Right. They are Bohemians and they are travelers and they're present in almost every culture in, in Western culture has a has a nomadic representatives, the tinkers in mm. Ireland. A pikey uh, be, in England. Exactly. Mm. Um, there's a term in America for them, too. I think the term is travelers. Because mm. um, <laughs> there was a, a whole, um, a whole uh, series around them. Oh. Hmm. It was, I mean, kind of. Um, the, it was, uh, I had, oh, is it Eddie Izzard? Mm, okay. Headlined it. With like Eddie nice. Izzard and and Minnie Driver, oh jeez, mm, uh, okay. were the two main actors behind it. Um, but so this has always been a, a it's been almost every culture has this group that just doesn't connect with the put down roots, stay there, and mm-hmm. they're often treated with suspicion. Mm-hmm. They're often discriminated against, and on the one hand, and so when they when they re released Curse of Strahd and they they updated it, they took out things like people view the Vistani with suspicion. Ah. They took out commonly drunk. 
They also even took out two of the NPCs that were supposed to be drunk and unable to function in combat because they were so intoxicated. Right. Because they consider that a, a in that section of the book a negative stereotype. Now, right, right. Ironically, later in the book, you have a whole camp, half of which have partied themselves into oblivion. Mm. So they they left that part in, um, and nobody seemed to notice. But it was that, and this is why I think it's interesting. Does it break the game any to say people don't have that assumption that these are bad people when they spot them? That they've kind of decodified systemic racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, hmm. I have to, I mean, I don't see that there's anything missing there. Um, if, if there were, if it wasn't a stereotype, you know, hey, look at that Irish drunkard. You know, uh, you know, if there wasn't a stereotype there and you just had two, you know, two ogres who happened to break into, you know, break into barrels of mead and were drunk and hence they had different stats. You probably wouldn't have that situation or if they were just two town guards who happened to have a snootful, it, 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 there would be no reason for it and i'm i'm you know no no reason for a big hoopla over it um and i think that it's good that they were like you know yeah that's a stereotype let's get rid of the stereotype I, it, it's fine is because then you could you could write in that there were just those two guys you know well and, no matter what they were <laughs> mm-hmm. well another thing too that it does is it takes it takes animosity based on race and mm-hmm. puts it on the person with the animosity and off the world. Right, right. Because you can't have a PC, a player character say, well, I'm going to assume the worst in these people because they are part of a culture. Right. Why? Because everyone does that. No, you need a reason. And that's not to say that a certain amount of discrimination isn't interesting storytelling. I mean, you can't open a book like To Kill a Mockingbird or The Grapes of Wrath, or anything written before 1950, or before 1980, and not have an interesting story where some level of discrimination is a plot element. But they're there on purpose. Right. It's it's there because it drives the story. It's not, It's I mean, unless it's historical, but the logic being is, if your PC, your player, your character is going to be prejudiced, well, why? Right. Well, my, they, they robbed my family when I was a kid. Okay. That's a reason. It's prejudice. It's pre- prejudicial. You probably yeah. should work to get past it. Maybe your prejudices will be borne out, but you can't do it just because it's in the game rules anymore. Right. Right. Like, you know, uh, having whole, whole races of evil beings. That's a Tolkien leftover, man. That's, 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 that's where all that comes from is and and you can find plenty of of videos out there about why Tolkien is racist. Um, you know, there, there's there's a billion vi- videos out there. And yes, it shows racial racial biases via, you know, his storylines and his his prejudices of the time. Well, that's what we're working to make better. <laughs> you know, there's. There's no reason you can't have the happy, cheerful goblins. 
you know, who are just basically because because a lot of people, if you say a gnome and they immediately say, look, a jolly tinkery fellow and you say goblin, <laughs> they're sneaky and they will get you, um, you know, I you you it, it takes those those immediate assumptions away. And then that way you can tell the story however you want. There could be the sneaky gnome and the you know happy-go-lucky tinker goblin. Um, it, 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 in, the, in the end, it gives you more freedom to make more interesting characters and break those those stereotypes and and push a narrative. You know, right? And Crimson brings up the point that the rules in Fifth Edition feel a little bit loose, like it's undercooked, more mm. like a Play-Doh than Legos. Um, I tend to agree, and I think that that's... I think earlier we had a show where we talked about the various editions, what we liked and didn't like, Mm -hmm. um, from, like, a rules mechanics. Um, And we are happy to go back to that and talk more about it. Um, Maybe not necessarily today, because today we're looking more at the social issues that come up in the games um, and the game lore more than we are the mechanics um, as as a means of spreading its gospel. Can you elaborate on that? Um, yeah. I'd like to know a little more what you're thinking by that idea of um, so many sources of pop culture wilderness is latched onto as a means of spreading its gospel. Um, I think that's there. I'm, I want to know more what you mean so I can formulate my, my response while you're typing that. What I'll add into it is that there is something um, simpler about Dungeons and Dragons um, when you don't think about whether or not the things you're killing are bad they just are and they need to die um and and if you're not careful you end up in these long paraded morality conversations at the table Uh, a couple weeks ago my players came across a goblin who was sleeping on guard duty Mm. and so the rogue snuck up behind him and slid his throat because it's what you do Mm. and i keep thinking in like every major action movie i've watched we've never really given the hero a hard time Mm. for whacking the guard sleeping on guard duty you know, we just see them like we see them go, oh, and then they keel over and you see the knife sticking out their back. And then the the, the roguish hero pulls the knife out and goes, shh, to the rest yeah, of the and party. Then, and then to use your example, that's where the guy's wallet falls out. And there's the thick kaleidoscope of the pictures of all his kids. And... Have a good day. Have a good day robbing evil people, daddy. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that that's entirely a, a, a DM table player decision to include mm-hmm. i mean you can still totally within the mechanics of D run a game where the bad guys get whacked without any moral question marks it's mm-hmm. just that bad guys are now based on the choices of the sentient creature right and not on the choice the, the mm-hmm. fact that they can't help themselves that i feel like the dungeons and dragons over the last five years especially has taken out the language of they can't help themselves yeah. when it comes to choices that yeah. sentient races make. Right. Um, yeah. They, they, it, it's more put in a, there was a war. These guys wanted everyone else dead. That weren't them, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and these guys wanted to stop that. You choose who's the good guys and who's the bad guys in that, but 
but that's what happened you mm-hmm. know or or that you know good like you you uh you you said it's it's more of a a story choice or whatever and i think too that i think we've said this before but in your session zero you can talk about how you know oh the orc tribes of the plains they're you know, they're they're generally, you know, it's 50-50. How you treat them is how they're going to treat you. You know, the, it's not the orcs or snarling raiders. They're evil, you know. But they can so. be. Mm-hmm. You absolutely right. can create. And the, the fun thing with that then is the you open the door for there maybe to be redeemable orcs. Mm-hmm. And maybe there aren't. Maybe when the players come across the orcs, like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to sneak in. We're going to find the dissatisfied ones and we're going to start a revolution because orcs don't have to be evil. Right. And they sneak in and they don't find anybody they can convert. That's not because orcs are biologically predisposed to evil. It's because their culture is so strongly ingrained into a particular ethos. They're all evil. Right. It's not a product of biology. It's a right. product of, of culture. Yeah. And that, I think, is hard for a lot of older gamers to get around because mm-hmm. they like, we like, we like, I'll, I'll own this. We like mm. simplicity. Mm. Uh, the example I always use is the reason that we, in the prequels for Star Wars, is the reason that there's a droid army is so that Jedi can rip through them with lightsabers and, you know, dismember, you know, a half dozen uh, uh, combatants in a heartbeat. And it's not limbs and arms and heads <laughs> flying in all directions. It It's more acceptable because it's a built being. And even some of their heads, when they come off, they're still speaking and stuff. So it's it's just a a difference of... Yeah, uh, they, you know, it's PC culture. I, uh, you know, yes, fine, the, the great. Let's push all of us forward. Let's, you know, I, I, I don't know if okay. it's going to be hard to get through to some people because they want their orcs evil and they want their goblins evil, and there's evil and good and black and white, and I don't want to think or feel bad about slaughtering all the cobalts and it's just like okay sure well and crimson brings up a good point there's there's first point is there's something to be said for increasing inclusion there really are um that really is oddly enough one of the twisty twisty parts of the changes in D. &D. Mm. um and i'm going to get to the second part in just a second which is how do you increase inclusion and so let me let me frame this. This is something that I was thinking about. We have halflings and we have goblins. They're both diminutive. One of them, up until recently, within the last ten years, has been codified as as mischievous but harmless, and mm-hmm. generally good. The other is mischievous and harmful, and understood to be evil. And the primary difference between them is the color of their skin. Right. <laughs> and right. it's it's easy to look at that and go, well yeah, cuz goblins, if you look at the look at the old art from 150 200 years ago, brothers grim, big honking noses and big pointy ears and dark skin, they were they were goblins. 
And yeah, I, I have no problem with that, with understanding that in old fairy tales, this is what we would, we would teach children. Be afraid of things that look really different than you because they might hurt you. Because hundreds of years ago, things that looked really different than you might harm you. Um, that was a thing. Whereas nowadays, we don't have that as much. We don't have right. rival tribes kidnapping our children anymore. Right. Um, and so there's that we don't have such a, a social need for it. But when we talk about inclusion, I also think about the importance of acknowledging that for someone who looks different at the table, having this kind of a quiet thing reinforced. Well, how do you know we should kill the goblin? Well, all goblins are evil. You can see they look different. Mm -hmm. And maybe you never use the language to say they look different. Right. But it's kind of once you've once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Right. Um, and that makes things really tricky. Uh, and then Crimson brings up a second point, which is the idea about pushing a personal agenda based on the real world and politics rather than fantasy and escapism. And I'll, I'm going to go first. I'm going to kick it over and let Gray process that. Okay. Okay. Um, my personal take on that is it is that's a that's a session zero issue. I think that in the in the rule set of fifth edition, as they've approached lore, mm. um, then you have a lot of room to do a lot of different things. And at session zero, you can say, we're not going to deal with social issues at this table. This mm -hmm. game is high fantasy. We're defeating the evil orc army before it overruns the world and enslaves everybody. That's that's what we're going to do. Um, and we're not going to, you know, if you want to have a character who's gay, fine. We don't care. Um, we're not going to make a big fuss about it. Like no one, nobody's having girlfriends or boyfriends. There are no romantic story arcs here. This is what we're going to focus on because we don't want any real world stuff at our game table. If everyone wants to do that, that's fine. And the rules don't stop you and the rules don't force you to include gay story arcs for your player characters. Right. And even the NPCs provided sometimes they might, the, the NPCs might be gay. If you're running a, um, a set story arc that comes from a book that someone published, but that's your choice to follow it. You don't have to follow that, that, that module. Right. Modules are all optional content. <laughs> right. And you have right. to follow what's in it. I homebrew the crap out of adventures that are published. Right. I don't like that monster. I don't like this NPC. Arabelle in my curse of Strahd is 14. Hmm. You know, she's, right, right, she, right. she's got boobs now, folks. She's practically a woman. Hmm. She is not. That's what I did with the story arc. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I, I guess I would say the, you know, if, if at your session zero and, and like, uh, Crimson is saying about the, you know, they, someone's at the table and they're playing more of themselves and they have, you know, this world's, uh oh your mic's out uh oh uh oh your mic's still out we're gonna have to fix this in post your mic's I've got back. nothing okay i was gonna say i've got nothing over here okay. um so the um ah what was my damn train of thought oh uh that if someone comes to the table and they want to, you know, they're going to bring their morals of the of the day of the 21st century. And again, I had I had a, a very historic DM at one point 
who was also uh, a ph philosophy major and he would quite often say okay the thinking of the time was x and i would say if i have someone at the table who wants to push something forward and it's a social issue or whatever great that's that's that character let them be who they're gonna be let the let the world chips fall where they may around that you know um yeah i in unless it's something i i can't see a situation where it would be so interruptive to the narrative or to the storyline that you just could not go on yeah. uh, as a dm or as a story i i i just don't think that it, maybe you're at the wrong table you know yeah. or to them maybe they're at the wrong table <laughs> well some some definite quick quick levity break uh, mm -hmm. Massive props to Loafbone, who just got his passport, so um, that he will be able to head out of country with his other half, and either to meet them in Sweden or leave with them for Sweden. I don't know what you guys finally decided on, but congratulations. That has been a road that I absolutely will stop this heavy conversation to go, thank God the U.S. government finally is letting you get the hell out of here. So, so props to you for that. Um Hopefully my internet comes back because uh, I think I just lost Greybeard again. Uh, nope, you're good. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, right. I think one thing, and this is something I'd like, to, I, I, if Crimson's up for the challenge, I'm curious to see what angle is particularly problematic. Because mm. I, I've heard this a lot, and I unfortunately my game table doesn't have a lot of people at it willing to talk about what particular angle is being promoted by Watsi and how they plan to pick things. Um, I think that there definitely has been a push to, again, we've decod we've, we've decodified racial tendencies. Mm -hmm. We have left in, as far as I can see, the idea that fantasy races aren't physically identical. Um, mm. you know, certain races still have, at least in my rule book that I've noticed when I, when I make characters on D&D Beyond a lot, I still mm. see a plus one dex and a plus one charisma for certain races. Um, it's still my bugbear still has long limbs. Yeah. Um, so they've kept that in, but they've made it an option. If you want to run a game where you don't have to make a you don't have to make a, an elf if you want to have a great wizard, and you don't have to make a half orc if you want a great fighter. They've left mm -hmm. that as an option for the players to pursue. But again, the the base rules don't don't go there. Um, we've talked a little bit before about the idea of. Um, kind of, again, decodifying the expectation that uh, certain races are evil or not. That's all choice, which right. I think is a generally a good decision. I do mm -hmm. think, and to be fair, it complicates things if you let it. Right. Um, right, right, right. The, the DM who talks about the guard's wallet falling out, that's probably someone you want to say, dude, that wasn't a cool move. Don't do that. Yeah, I felt <laughs> terrible when the, I the rogue backstabbed somebody. And I'm like, you're just going to backstab him? And in hindsight, I'm like, I should, should let it happen. Same thing with like sleep spell. If you're D personally, if your DM is making you perform coup de gras on all the kobolds that you put to sleep in the middle of combat, that's just sick. Yeah. You just move on and you and you treat them as dead and removed unless it's important that they be dead and out of the game. Yeah. Uh Oh. Okay, you hit a lot of red flags on the auto mod there, but we're going to allow it. 
Mm. Um, I want to know how D&D got flagged as a potentially problematic, like it said, <laughs> um, it added something to the permitted terms because it right, did right. not like that. Um, I'm going to have to talk to the Twitch. Um, I... <laughs> You know, maybe what? it was like S and M or B D yeah, or yeah. you know it's, some and some N S F W stuff. Oh. Well, there, there's also the whole like, have you seen the Venn diagram? There's mm -mm. role players, mm -hmm. kinksters, mm -hmm. and the overlap is people whining about a lack of dungeon masters. <laughs> I need to find that meme. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's where that's at. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and for the record, my safe word is no. <laughs> Just in case you need it, um, it's it's. I, I like it for its brevity. Mm, or as mm. one person once said, no cop ever left a domestic issue by when someone said, "But officer, she never said shiny unicorn." How was I supposed to know? <laughs> Just for Sunday night's game, it was what was it? Cucumber pineapple does, um, not, does not work. in our D in our D and D game uh, yeah. on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> the more you know, Landry Noir presents cares. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually am going to be on board with you on this one, as far as mm -hmm. pet peeves go. Um, and that is the introduction of the, um, I don't know if I would say furry stuff, mm -hmm. because I think that's a whole different, that, that people who are into it, that's their choice. Um, I, I think it's the, um, nope, welcome back. Glad you got your emotes. Um, and four months. Thank you. Um, can we get a bong while I talk? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Bong. Um, and um, I, I get that, though. I think the, the go fired when you're ready. Oh, uh, yeah. Whenever when I'm on and the host uh, channel allows me and people do cool things like, you know, subscribe and whatnot. I take this hammer and I hit that guy in the face. God, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, I had, I need to make that a sound alert. <laughs> That's a great, so anyway, um, I tend to agree. I think the rule book has become overwhelmed with unnecessary fantasy races for player characters. Mm. Like I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. I, I get it. I don't know if I'm willing to go quite so far as to, to reference it as perhaps someone's fetish obsession, but, um, I do think that that's a different kind of inclusion. So if your complaint about inclusion in D&D &D is that there's just too many races that touch on too many specialty... Um, oh, I don't know the word I want, but just outside of what we would call mainstream fantasy, I don't know if you and I really have a beef. Yeah. Um, I e. don't... Go ahead. Oh, so when 5th rolled out... Um, I had players and stuff who were like, Tieflings, Dragonborn, wee. and it's just like, I see, having played like Gamma World and and Warhammer fantasy battles and stuff where, you know, oh, I'm a chaos cultist. I have tentacles instead of arms and, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, Gamma World, I'm a, I'm a rabbit. Uh, rabbitine such and such with you know you know but i'm a sniper uh you know it for me when it came out i was like all right whatever <laughs> you know i 
I then, because I, I had a well-established world that had been started in 91. And I was like, oh, I don't have Dragonborn or Tieflings, really. How am I now going to put these into my, you know, work them into my world? And I and I did. I, I quickly, you know, worked them in. And I was like, oh, great. They're going to be over here. And this was that. And of course, they'll see whatever. And I remember some of my older players, the first time a Dragonborn just casually walked by on the street we're just like you know because again we've talked the letting go of that tolkienism in our dungeons and dragons is is quite it, it's it's hard and i understand where a lot of people are like this is my dnd i'm glad dnd is back the way it's supposed to be you know i i i, I can understand that but <laughs> you never had to include all this stuff Anyway, at any point, you could have said, nope, you can play a human, a halfling, uh, a dwarf, and an elf. Those are the four that are at my table. Everything else is, you know, monsters. Which is sure. in the realm of possible. Um, mm -hmm. I did that with my Curse of Strahd campaign. Well, what's now my Curse of Strahd campaign was a Ravenloft campaign. Mm -hmm. And I actually said, look, uh, you're going to be going into an area that is very hostile to non-human races. If you want to make a non-human race, that's your call. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be facing, at least you're supposed to be. I've been terrible about it. Mm -hmm. um, you're facing racism as part of it. That's something I'm coding into the game. Right. If you don't like it, here are the outs. Or you can tell me, Rob, I have a real problem with there being racism in your game against any of the fancy races i don't want that can we can we not have it and then we can talk as people like well mm -hmm. this is kind of the story i'm looking at running i don't want to get too bogged down in racial abilities mm -hmm. i want to keep things certain level of streamlined um you know that's that's where we are with that um right. it's a choice and i think as a player you still have that choice you could tell when you sit down to play together you could say this is something i feel strongly about you know, mm -hmm. Crimson brings up the point about Dragonborn being a little bit wonky. I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to, I'm not sure I'm ready to say the laziest uh, creations of a race, but I will say, if you don't like them, that's okay. Yeah. The, and, oh. And any, any table that you start at, you should be able with people to say, look, this is a, a strong opinion I have. I would prefer not to play with. Meh. Huh. And go ahead. I think it was a, a Watsy thing too. Well, so, oh. <laughs> so many people wanted to play dragons. Everybody, you know, for traditions, mm. everybody wants to play a dragon. And when, when Dragonlance was like, look, draconians, uh, oh, look, winged draconians. <laughs> it was just sort of a slap to players who like, I want to be a dragon. And, and I think that that's where it started to, okay, let's get them in here. We'll, we'll put them in and, and people, uh, you know, people had to run with that. And, and I think you, it really fifth edition has taken the Tolkien-esque and, and moved it into magic, the gathering kind of realm where, even third edition started to break down those walls of, you know, this is the Tolkien-esque type stuff. They tried to get away from even hobbits or halflings being hobbits, you know, and they, they're their own thing and they're different. And so I think really 
we we've seen over the additions them loosening up and loosening up and 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 just putting more fantasy into you know your fantasy games yeah lizard folk and kobold kind of guy that's cool i can respect that and i think i think though if we go back to where we where we were as our goal today um Mm. with our primary themes about did wokeness kill dungeons and dragons i still think we haven't had a great case made that it has um Mm. i think one big thing and if we're willing to acknowledge um that um Okay, I'll come back to that thought in a second, Crimson. Mm, um, mm. I think if we're, we're, we agree that inclusion is a positive, mm. then listening to people who haven't felt included and, and hearing what they say about why they haven't felt included um, makes a difference. I remember, and I think I brought this up before, back in second edition, if you made a female character, you had negatives in strength and con and bonuses in dex and charisma. Yeah. And it was like, could you um could you um i mean i can't because i am not a woman um but i can empathize with someone sitting down at a table and making my character and then being told by the way you have to reduce that one stat mm-hmm. well why because you're a woman you're playing a woman mm. and women aren't as strong yeah and they're cuter yeah and and i can, I, I would feel uncomfortable with that i think yeah. um depending on what kind of game now granted if we were running some kind of high-end combat simulation where we were working off of the um normal curve normal curve i would see okay that makes some sense because if you look at the the bell curve for um men versus women for height weight uh lift strength zero to six zero to or 10 meter dash etc etc they're not the same yeah They're, they're they're different so if we were running a game where like you roll dice to see how far off the norm you were Mm-hmm. And then we we ascribed your statistics to the norm. First of all, you have way too much time. <laughs> Second of all, take my money. Like I legit right now, anyone wants to do this, you put it on Kickstarter, I will be the first person to back you. Hundred dollars. Yeah. An RPG where you make a where you build your character off the norms and you roll to see how far you are from those norms. Because God, the work you're gonna have to do to get all that data and then crunch it right. That would be flipping awesome, you know. So, so you you are about that, not for the not for the men versus women strength adjustments and la la la, but for the math that went I into. I want that book. Into, I will never yeah. probably run it, right? But I would love to crack that book and go. Okay, here are the norms. Yeah, um, mm. that's really awesome. Um, but that's the kind of thing we talk about the inclusion. It's that, mm-hmm. or um, I feel I, I I've never seen it happen at a table, mm. but I do know that there it has to have happened. That an African American has sat down and said, "I'm looking through this. This this guy looks really kind of cool. I can dig his 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 look." And he's looking at a dark elf, mm. and having someone go, "Well, yeah, that's what you probably should play," you know, being black and all, which I is not know. something that should ever be said, but right. And again, flip through the rule book. How do you feel when you're going through the book and you find the one dude or dudette that looks like you? Mm-hmm. And, they're, and you're like, oh, you can't be those. Why? They're evil. Right. Worse. Why are they evil? Because it's the only matriarchal society. Right. Um, yeah, I've never seen it happen. I wouldn't, I would never stand for it happening at my tail. I would be shocked if it hasn't happened. Yeah. I would yeah. be shocked. Um, 
personally, from especially what we see on Twitter over the last 24 hours, 48 hours. Right, um, right. I also know that there are fans of the Dark Elf cult race that want to cosplay. Yeah. I will never wear blackface paint. Yeah. As part of a costume at a con. I will never do it. It's not right. going to happen. Um, and and I, I recognize I'm just playing a character. It should be. It's not fine. Yeah. It's not cool. It, it In our country, it comes with so much baggage. I could not imagine anyone wanting to come to a table where they knew that had happened. Right. Right. They, yeah, it's, and... Well, now you're oppressing me. This is what I was dealing with today is the, well, what you're saying is that old white dudes can't play D&D. You're being racist by not wanting racism. I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? What is happening here, people? The Like I said, there were like two, two videos on the pro- Hey, TSR, get your guff together. You know, yeah, wokeness is not a negative term. Please, you know, come into the 20th or 21st century. And and then there was like half dozen to a dozen of these just rage videos where they're lying. Oh, go ahead. Point of order. Uh, hmm. LB, thank you for bringing everybody over. LB. LB Hackamup is an amazing content creator. If you um, do not follow them yet, you absolutely have to. I cannot say nearly enough nice things about them as an individual. Um, I have known them for, for many, many, many years. Um, and and they are a great content creator. So uh, definitely uh, hit that link when you're done here or hit another tab so you can give them a follow. Um, LB, uh, we are in the middle of our, our podcast, so I'm going to not spend too long gushing on you but go ahead and tell me a little bit how your stream was going because i do want to hear more about it i am not so sweet i'm still kind of a dick but um you, you brought your friends over here we are in the middle of a of our podcast our topic today is did wokeness kill dnd and we're kind of taking some time to talk as a couple old farts who've been playing dnd for a long time and we've seen the changes and they have been legion um and we're kind of asking the question do we want to go back and yeah. if we don't, why not? Yeah. Um, it it was all it was all sparked from the uh, uh, the uh, Gaiax legacy and TSR reforming as a company and it taking some horrible hits because there were transphobic and racist statements made and things and I just it it it's mind boggling that. The, the yeah the it was it was shameful yeah <laughs> it made it made me hurt and it made me uh you want to reject it made me feel bad about my childhood because the only thing saving me when I was a kid was being able to go to these worlds and and things and then to have the 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 people who supposedly you know created these things now say these horrible unacceptable social stuff it it it, it was painful it, 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 well, it broke my little heart it, it gets a lot into the um and and part of my want to talk about this i mentioned at the top of the stream and the show and i'll mention it again now is is seeing a lot of people be very dismissive of 
old white guys with opinions on this. And one mm-hmm. thing I'll say now, um, I, maybe I should have opened with it too, is that I think if we're ever going to get the other grognards on board, it, it, it helps to have, to say it ourselves among them. Um, and I'm hoping that of that when the this gets onto YouTube and stuff, that it does get picked up by some people because I think it's important that two old white guys sit down and go, no, no, the kids are right. Mm-hmm. They need to get <laughs> off my lawn, for starters. But they're not wrong. I mean, the lawn part, yes, get off the lawn. They can come to my yard. We'll party and tear it up. It's you good. can no, you can party. That's what the bloody sidewalk is for. It's public property. Oh, I see, I see. Step back. This grass did not manicure itself. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's awesome. But yeah. mm. um but then we talk about like what exactly like the the gender issue was one that came up as well. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely owned like he was like there's two, we've always known it. And I I keep thinking, well, have we is there and does it change anything? I mean, okay, you have a non-binary box to check on the character sheets in D&D Beyond. What does that do? How does that <laughs> change anything about your game yeah how does how does that hurt you or the game in any way possible which i mean again we the comments were made earlier about there being an agenda being forwarded and i i think yeah i think you're not wrong i think that for people that are coming to the changes in dungeons and dragons when when someone says i don't play anything but second edition because second edition is the best i'm often curious why right and sometimes they'll say the rules were better I think right. objectively they're full of crap, <laughs> but I respect. I mean, I know people who still think Monopoly is the best capitalism simulator board game. <laughs> okay, like okay, fine. I'm. There are very few things in life I will judge you for. Who you hmm. want to kiss hmm. is not one of them. Hmm. I will not judge you for what board games you you enjoy. I hmm. will not judge you for what you do with a partner behind closed doors. I will judge you if you say Bon Jovi was not the greatest artist of the 1980s, 90s, and into 2000. That is a judgment moment. Second only to Meatloaf. But. Ooh. I've been judged. <laughs> been judged. Like, oh, this is going to get ugly. Yeah, I'm being taken to church. Uh, it's, it's, um, I, anyway, that's a that's I, a non non stream uh, argument. Yeah, I won't judge. I mean, again, these are things I'm not going to judge you for. Um, but if it's if it's the rules in second edition D and D being your favorite, fine. But if you if they start going well, because back then we didn't have to worry about someone checking other under their sex on their character sheet. Really. You're saying a lot more about yourself than you're saying about this is the person who checked the box. I mean, that's is that the hill you want to die on? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a weird um, hill to pick. Um, and again, at session zero, just all kind of agree. Look, I want to be, I want to play in a game, and you don't have to be the DM. Right. You can be a player and say, I want to play in a game where I can have romance, and I would prefer not to interact with people who are non-binary because I just, I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. And maybe you're with a group of five or six other people that are equally uncomfortable or willing to cater to your discomfort. Mm. That's your adults. Right. I personally, in all honesty, I would probably say, look, it, I don't know if that's something I'm, I'm cricket with. Mm. People are non-binary. It's a thing. It's not new. It could happen in the game. Maybe maybe we shouldn't hang together. 
Yep. And that's a personal choice. You don't, and not every relationship is meant to be. Right. It's, it's one of the many reasons I don't DM for money. Mm. I want the freedom to say, if I'm dedicating my personal time to playing a game, I want to play it with people that I want to hang out with. Right. Um, and I, I think if I, and I'll be honest, yeah, I'll put my cards on the table. If someone were to say, I don't believe that there's such thing as a, a non-binary, I believe gender is binary. You are mm. this or you are that, and there's nothing in between. Um, I think sexuality is binary. You're gay or you're straight. There's nothing in between. Or worse, you're straight. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> I I would be uncomfortable playing at that table. Like, I would yeah. be uncomfortable becoming friends with that person. Mm. I have many people I love dearly who are bisexual, who are non-binary, who are all over the map, who are, who are gender fluid, who are queer, and... And I, I'd probably say, look, I, I'm not cool playing with you. Now, maybe we can talk. Maybe I can get you on board with this not being a thing you want to make a big deal of. And maybe I can. Right. But at the end of the day, I want to be able to say, we're, I want to game with friends. Right. And, and that's one of the many reasons. I won't, I won't go to the websites and sign up to be a pro DM. Because right. I'm not entirely confident that... I would feel weird when someone says, well, I paid my 20 bucks to play tonight. you got to play with me. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. I, uh, I am pretty politically active and uh, consider myself from for my age rather woke. And it's one of those things where, yeah, that would not happen at my table. I, I, I would be. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's your twenty dollars, and I'll give you another twenty dollars to never sign up for one of my games again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, use that for therapy because <laughs> I won't go that far, but yeah, I, I'm with you on it. And I think it's, I think there's something to be said though about, I know for me, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to riff on this, this train with you for a bit. Mm. I don't know how fast I would be to throw them out mm. as much as I'd be like, well, let's talk about this for a minute. What's the right. real issue here? Yeah. Um, because I do think it's really important that we keep engaging with the gettables. Yes. I've maintained that from day one. There are a lot of gettable people, people mm -hmm. who just need to hear from the right person, the right message to yeah. have it click. And it might be, you'll, you'll see this a lot with, especially the politicians who suddenly start changing votes. It's yeah. usually when their child comes out. Yes. That seems to be a, 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 a turning point when it's someone that they look at and go, oh, crap. <laughs> I've been wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, that is an amazing point to bring up, and I think that's a great way to start to wind down our conversation because we are past the hour mark, so we have to start right. pulling things together. Um, as we usually do, because we we try to keep these show, these shows about an hour, hour and a half. Um. And so I'm going to read the whole comment. I think it's worth re referencing. It helps my dyslexic brain. <laughs> I got your back, my friend. I got your back. I um, it can be it. argued that it's an incremental alteration with the intent of changing D&D into another propaganda piece. If it doesn't make any difference, why add it at all? The reason is because whether it's acknowledged or not, it does make a difference. Maybe not as a singular minor addition, but as a collection of changes. 
My point is, let's be honest about it from a neutral standpoint. If you cannot be neutral, then don't just don't pretend to be. Okay. I'm going to first respond to the end and work my way back a little bit. Okay. Because I think there's a big idea I want to get to. Um, but I, start, I, I have never claimed to be neutral on, on these topics. Mm. Um, part of the reason we have our podcast is we're not neutral. This is not a both sides conversation on our show. Um, right. If you were hoping to get a he said, he said kind of a stream or a <laughs> podcast, um, this is this ain't it. Gray and I are often on the same page with each other. Uh, we even traded a few comments before we started together of like, hey, here's where I'm at. Is that going to be a problem? And then the other one went, nope, I'm there yeah. too. You know, there's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so so I get that. Now, I think if you're asking, is D&D neutral? Um, I think that's a conversation that that is a difficult one for a corporation to have. Um because I do think that at the end of the day, Watsi cares the most about one thing, which is not social progressivism. It's about making money. Um, that said, you make more money when you make people happy with your products. Right. And inclusion makes people happy. Um, you have a thought? Which well, I yeah, it, it, <laughs> it is more inclusive you have you have increased your base, which mm-hmm. is one of the th- arguments that kept coming up in the whole TSR thing was, well, they know who their base is. It's men between blah and blah, and that's all they care about. They're appealing to their base. And, and I'm just like, okay, yes, fine, great. Again, the nostalgia bit, the, that, and if that's the hill you're going for, great. Just Just do that, you know. Okay, I'm really sorry about that, by the way. If you want to type that again, um, I know it's a lot, and I'm sorry the Automod uh, flagged it. Oh, that's the word it got you for? Eee. Um, Okay. It's still mm. showing up on the stream, yeah. um, and I don't understand why they got modded, so I apologize. So if you're still mm. here and you haven't left, I'm going to apologize for that game modded. Um, I'm actually coming in here right now and I'm turning off Cloudbot for now because that one, it was a little bit uh, quick to go after. Um, I did not know that would happen. So I'm fixing that. Um, I do I do understand where you're coming from, though, with the uh, frustration that both, that both sides seem to have their axe to grind. Uh, unfortunately, I don't agree that there's a both sides here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think in terms of when people say... I want to be, I want to see myself in this game. Right. And we've referenced before and in previous shows, the idea of um, how much, to what extent do we play role-playing games to not be ourselves? And to what extent do we do it to see a version of ourselves? Yeah. In our our ableism show in particular. Yeah. We talked about the wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Again, timely, worked out perfectly Mm -hmm. for us. It was a hot topic. Um. Oh, interesting. If anybody wants to read those messages and clicks on the message deleted, mm. um, it will restore the comment to readability for you. Thank you for that. Citizen. Um, thank you for that heads up. I forget that sometime. I can remind people it's there. And it really, it's. I understand people feeling for, you know, the idea that you can tick off both sides of an argument by trying to stay in the middle ground. Um, yeah. I get it. I've my my wife actually got practically kicked out of a government class in high school because she called herself a moderate, <laughs> and and the teacher said there is no such thing. 
As a moderate. And if you insist on being a moderate, you're what's wrong with America. Pick a side and get off the damn fence. Um, Yeah. Like, if you want to talk about getting hit hard. Um, So I get that. But I also think that at the end of the day, the biggest changes that they've worked in, if we talk about how it's, it is moving an agenda. And the agenda is we are all people and we should all be able to play a game where we can see ourselves in whatever light we want to see ourselves in. Yep. And that I think is one of the things we forget a lot is if I'm white and I want to play a dark elf and I want my dark elf to have pale skin because I want him to look a little more like me. Like I get the white hair. That's part of the dark elf shtick. <laughs> Fine. I'm, I'm getting there. Thank you very much. Um, my nine year olds getting me there faster than I want to be. Um, <laughs> But that's that's what that is. I should be able to do that. And the rules should support it because the most important thing is that I can sit down at the table and have a good time with whatever it is I wanted to do. So that's why we see less rules about what races go, what races look, what colors, and more about it's about individual choices and the consequences within their cultures for having made those choices. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, if, if you, if you really have a problem with it, there's always past editions, stick with that, find people like you and play, but you're missing out. There is so much to be gained from playing with new people, with new thoughts and new thinking and, and, and ways of of like maybe something like if you have played with the same four people for you know a, a thousand years someone new at the table is going to come up with something and you're going to be like oh my god that's so awesome you're missing out and as as a dad i really like the idea when i played D with my kids of not telling them this race is different and it's evil Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Leary has a great bit and I stand by it, which is he talks about, he talks about bigotry. He talks about mm-hmm. hatred. He says, you know what my kid hates? Naps. End <laughs> of fucking list. Racism folks is taught. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that bit because if anybody thought Dennis Leary wasn't a bleeding liberal, that puts that one to rest. Um, but it also, it's one of those where it really emphasizes to me the biggest, best change, which is we are responsible for our own choices. Our choices define whether we are good or evil, not how we are born, not our biology. And I think if that's pushing a propaganda, push away. Yeah. That's a good one. Give a, a, a thought as we wind down this conversation, because we are going to start to bump up against the clock. Yeah, the I just the, you know I, I I just said it. If you you're you're missing out, just you know, <laughs> the more people, the more different things you can can bring to the table, the better off you're going to be. Um, you know, different thoughts are not something to fight over. Thoughts are are just they're ethereal, and and they're not going to hurt you. <laughs> A different way of thinking cannot hurt you. It can only 
expand. Amen to that. So, winding down, what have you got coming up this week that's going to be fun? Uh, um, so Gaming or we otherwise? Have, we, we have this, and then I have only off-stream things until Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. 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 Uh, I've got, uh, we started Wildermuth. Wildermuth. I saw, how is that? It, uh, it is great. It's amazing. I love it. We had technical issues at first, but once we got rolling, we had a great time with it. Um, it it's very simple. It was done by two guys, and it looks amazing and is, is tons of fun. But we'll be doing that on Sunday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on my channel, Gray Bear Tavern. And then I'm back here Tuesday. That's really all the online stuff i have I got offline stuff that's cool 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 um my candle keep game returns to normal play tomorrow night uh, the bridge is over we're bringing back the uh, the original four players um and we're going to continue i decided today with the candle keep adventures for at least one more uh adventure we'll see what happens with it um and then my curse of straw game is once again on hiatus because it's fourth of july weekend right. however i am seriously considering running a um, Civil War Dungeons and Dragons one shot <laughs> um, for Fourth of July. I had to talk to the wife to see what our plans are, um, uh -huh. but I'm I've got a, I've got two plot hooks in my mind. One of them mm -hmm. is the okay, you are all, just make a D and D character that is in late nineteenth century United States. Hmm. Um, so obviously, all human races. You can pick whatever race class you want. Now, if you pick a spell casting class, bear in mind. It's the late 19th century. We need an excuse. Mm. I, I'm cool with it. The other one, yeah. which will be more fantasy-based, will be the more slightly more classic uh, Voyager's Hook. Mm. You've dropped into 1930, and something <laughs> seems wrong. And then the first 25, 30 minutes, is, is the party going, we know what happened. Mm. This isn't right. We <gasps> need to go back and fix it. Because it's the, the Voyagers was an old show when I was a kid about time travelers that would fall into different timelines, realize they were wrong, and then go back further in time to, to figure out what had to be fixed to yeah. get the timeline back on track. Is that the one with the little pocket watch? It was the pocket watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the Omni yeah. uh, that they could use to, to dial in where they were exactly where they were going to go and when they were going to go. <laughs> um, tragically, the actor who played the, the lead was killed in a, a, an accident. Oh. Um, uh, yes, unfortunately. And they'd only made like a season and a half. They were based on a book series. Um, and then I think it was our, one of our local affiliates took the 30-minute episodes and aired them in 60-minute windows. Oh, nice. By loading them with commercials. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was really, it was really annoying because um, they would have like literally longer commercial breaks than the show was running. Hmm. Um, but I loved the show as a kid. So that might be my Sunday. I don't know yet. Um, and I'm still working on putting together my, th I want to do a third D and D game. So I'm still trying right. to lock in where and when, uh, we're going to do. And then off stream, I just got the last of my, uh, my 3d printed tavern or uh, dungeon tiles 
came nice. in. So I can I'm officially gonna start making the fan play. So that's that's my week <laughs> coming up. I want to thank everybody who came by. I want to especially thank Crimson for being an amazingly good sport with um, helping us with the conversation and bring up some excellent points for us to talk about. It's great having you, Loafbone. Thank you for coming by as well. LB, thank you so much for the raid. We appreciate the support. Um, I'm absolutely gonna shout you guys out here on the podcast to say thank you if you're if you need to come on by the the twitch.tv slash lantern noir i will happily hook you up with any links to find these amazing people um and we can get you hooked up with them over here on twitch if you ever want to see them creating live content please come on by we'll, we'll hook you up um until the next time we're going to wind down the podcast please consider leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you've downloaded it from so other people can find this content and they can tell us why we're wrong which, if you want to tell us why we're wrong, uh, you can send an email to oldtimertavern at gmail.com, or you can hit me at Lantern Noir on Twitter. Twitter. And Greybeard, you are at Greybeard Tavern, no S. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and let us know what you thought about today's show. Until next time, folks, please, wherever you are, do what you have to do and stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius network of content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.